Hi, I'm Paige. Welcome to Violence to Voice. Today we're going on an exploration of the power of singing and performance to give people voice where words alone fail. I'll be taking you behind the scenes into two creative communities, finding out how their refugee and asylum seeker members engage in self-expression, resistance and healing. You lived off the land. Did your family own the land? How many kids? And then? What could he he The extract we just heard comes from Freedom From Torture's project, Lost and Found. Prossy, the creator of this piece, is being interviewed on her escape from trafficking when she remembers a beautiful song from her village back home in Burundi. I feel the piece is particularly poignant in conveying a disaccord and separation of the inner voice, Prossy's memories, feelings and sense of self, and the outward performance, what she says or doesn't say to the interviewer. In Domination and Resistance, James C. Scott argues the public performance of the subordinate will be shaped to appeal to the expectations of the powerful, in this case the Home Office. But the dominant never control the stage absolutely. When Prossy starts to sing, there's a rupture in her performance and we have a privileged peek backstage into her inner voice, expressed in her own mother tongue. There are important differences between speaking and having voice. Our voice is a kind of life force or agency, which for refugees and asylum seekers is in a constant struggle against being surveyed, treated as an outsider, and with the often consuming effects of trauma. So how can music, and in particular singing and performing, give people voice, the power to hear themselves, to sing out and to be listened to? So maybe we can do it together, me and you. I went along to participate in a session with Everyday People, a music group for young refugees in London who collaboratively write original songs and perform together. They were just rehearsing for their concert, Folk of the World. Yeah. Maybe he should teach the Arabic. Yeah, we have to copy yeah. Omar. We Omar, copy you. you have to tell us how to say it. Omar, can you do it? Alone, like, to everybody. Yeah, you As you can hear, we had a great time singing in all different languages. Here are McQuant and Espoir on what music means to them. When I started singing, when I was bored, <laughs> when I was baby. Music is life. Music can help people cope with their depression and personal problems. Music is a powerful tool that can change people's minds. So when I sing, I singing on on stage, on front the people. So I feel free, and I 
feel better, I feel well. There have been many studies in both clinical and community settings showing that group singing has positive effects on health. This includes reducing levels of cortisol, which is a stress hormone that is usually elevated in people suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, as many refugees and asylum seekers do. Espoir's comment that he's been singing since he was born is also supported by scientific evidence. Research indicates that humans have evolved an innate capacity for relating to sounds and rhythms, which we use right from when we're babies to build intimate relationships. But I don't think we can say music works as therapy entirely through instinct or just like a pill. Here's Anna, one of Everyday People's facilitators, who previously studied migration and diaspora here at SOAS. Our idea is that we create music together that makes sense to us and we'll try to create it as a group. Uh, everybody will input different, different things that, that can relate with. A lot of people have come up with melodies. You know, like, have you seen him like Sura start singing, for example? Like all that in Caliphate, it's just, it's all his melody. And then it's like, okay, this sounds good. It fits, let's use it. And then we adapt it to everybody. So everybody says where they're from, because that's the meaning of the Caliphate. So it's all, all this kind of continuous negotiation from like the individual input and the group recreation of it being an inclusive space in a way is it's key it's a, it's a continuous call and response but actually also in the behavior and, and in how we work together some scholars and practitioners of community music therapy such as gary ansdale have understood the relationship between music and health as an ecological process in which agents collaborate and negotiate in relation to musical activities, artefacts, the instruments and songs, and ideas, aims and goals for the group that make up the musical environment. Facilitators like Anna are key in helping the group navigate through tensions between expressing their individual identities and building a common sense of belonging so that everyone gets to explore their voice and feels empowered. This is particularly important building up to performances. You see some people at the beginning, they're like really shy, like Omar at the beginning, he was just like, he was not talking his English. It was, it was all almost zero. And then like, you know, he just, he felt comfortable playing drums. So we played drums a bit, then he played glockenspiel, then do some rap exercise comes up. He's a really good rapper. And like he's slowly like, and after the concert, you see like how, like even body language, you see how people just walk up. And I think, you know, it does to everybody, you know, like you, you perform and then you worked on something and there you are and you're on stage. It's, it's a, it's a strong, it's a strong feeling of like accomplishment and, and we do it all together. So there is also a sense of like, Teamwork, we achieved it. In English, sometimes it sounds a bit, you know, cheesy and stuff. But actually, these uh, these lyrics have put thought into, and that's what people wanted to write about. And when we perform that, when they perform it, it's just it just makes much more sense. You know, it's about the energy and the energies and the music is even more important than the than the words, you know, in sometimes. From my own experience, when music and other art forms work, this is through a melting away of barriers and distinctions and a constantly becoming oneness, or as Anna said, a shared energy that is just felt in the present moment. 
Christopher Small calls this musicking, where the individual recognises their own voice, as well as how they relate and how they ought to relate to the rest of the world. These ideal relationships are often too complex to be articulated in words, but they can be explored, affirmed and celebrated in musical performance. Another group who are making their voices heard are Borderline, a theatre ensemble based in London. Their original play, also called Borderline, is about the so-called jungle refugee camp in Calais, where some of the cast had themselves previously been living. I caught up with Sophie Bess, the group's director and a psychotherapist. Before creating Borderline, Sophie had spent some time in the Calais camp running theatre workshops. I really realised that the, the image was very negative, whether it's linked to fear or to pity or um, um, to a possible threat. And that's definitely not the people I had met in Calais, which were extremely resilient people, despite the fact that the, the condition of living were definitely... Uh, very difficult. There was a, a very positive energy, lots of music. Uh, you know, there was even a, a club. They had created a club. And I thought people should should see that. And so, yeah, I decided to create a show uh, with them and not about them. Uh, because the other thing I witnessed in the jungle that I found extremely shocking was the amount of people coming for like a couple of hours, half a day max, to just get some stories. It really felt like using people, abuse, stealing stories. And I said, no, no, I I want them to tell their own story. I want to empower them. Sophie's approach was to make a devised play, meaning there is no script and the play was created together with the cast. We listened to live stories, of course. We did a lot of improvisation on various themes. I love working with images and we did a lot of... uh, uh, sculpting, for example, uh, one of my performer for Welcome to the UK here, he created his nightmares, he's got recurrent nightmares, uh, but he didn't say a word about it. He created a tableau and then a scene out of that and it's completely silent. Or Mohammed, who, who left Sudan because of police, he created a dancing scene out of what happened with the police because, yeah, he was scared to word it and the consequences it could have. A lot of non-verbal work and, and images as well, which brings some poetry into the mix, which I really like and help overcome the language barrier and make sure that you don't have a show where the European performers are the main main performers and just, you know, the refugees in the background for like a minute or two. Borderline's approach calls to mind the theatre of the oppressed, pioneered by Augusto Boel. Boel's technique was to facilitate interaction and dialogue between the audience and the performers through the audience's participation in the action of the play. The aim was to discuss real social issues and to find solutions to overcoming oppression. Boel's later work also looked at breaking down internal oppressions that separate particular individuals or groups from participating in society. All right, so everyone's dancing around the room and taking turns in improvised singing. And we've got some bubbles floating up into the mix. Ah, now we're outside for a wheelbarrow race. In addition to their performances, Borderline run these Together workshops, which are open to all, the cast, friends and the public. The audience can actually become part of the borderline community and refugees and non-refugees have the chance to meet and to make new friends. Beyond promoting Voice of Refugees, there's an active engagement of the whole self and of all participants.
but sometimes both engaging the public and allowing the performers to explore their own inner voices can be challenging and possibly conflictual. The group's second play, Welcome to the UK, brings together many different voices. Presented as a crazy, fun farewell, the refugee actors explore the absurdity of their ongoing struggles, such as having just 28 days to find a job and get settled before their £5 a day allowance is cut off. Borderline also teamed up with Women for Refugee Women, whose members present their experiences of trafficking. And then there are the European actors who throw Brexit into the mix. I've had some people who struggled with the fact that there were a lot of stories in it or a lot of people in it, that it was a fun fair that you go from um, something horrible happening in the hunting house and then boom, someone selling the popcorn and then boom, a Shakespeare show. And then, you know, which is for me a fun fair world is that you don't necessarily stop anywhere. You just bounce from one to another. That's exactly what the women were saying. They were saying, so feel like we were in those houses. We had neighbours, we had people at school, we had all of that and no one ever noticed. Um, so that's what we wanted to convey in the play as well. More importantly, I think, especially when it's your first show and when the subject is so violent as women trafficking, it's very difficult um, to do a whole show on your own about that. And I'm not sure they would have done it at all. I think they did it because they had the support of the group behind them and because it was part of a community where everybody was taking risk to share something very private in a funny way. And this funny way is also a huge support. Even if having a big cast which means a lot of stories and a lot of things happening in a very short time, which can be a bit problematic for some audience members. You, you, you have to understand that it's this same group that made the show possible. I've been to see Welcome to the UK and it was hilarious, ridiculous and fantastical and also raw and honest. I found it really incredible how the refugee performers shared their deep personal experiences. It certainly breaks with conventions and requires the audience to open their minds. And this is precisely what we need outside the theatre. Here's Mohammed from Borderline. For me, Borderline is like telling stories in a comedy way. And actually, it's, it's telling our stories, actually. So we tell our stories in our way. In Borderline, there's an incredibly moving scene in which Mohammed's voice rings out. listened to this song like a couple of years ago accidentally actually and then when, when we were doing borderline and rehearsing for it I was just singing with someone from the cast and yeah then the director decided to have the song in the play in that scene Something good in everything. the scene is about a child who died in the camp 
childhood got his dream and then he couldn't make it. That's the song goes with, with the funeral actually in the scene. Mohammed has long been a singer, taking his songs with him from Sudan to Calais to Borderline in the UK and on their tour to India. Most recently, he's been performing in a play, The Jungle, which has toured the West End, Broadway, and is currently at the Quran in San Francisco. Last year, he also released an album, Sounds of Refuge, which is a collaboration with John Falsetto. Here's one of the tracks called Etab. In it, you'll hear John singing and playing the Mbira, and Mohammed, of course, on the vocals, as well as the Darbuka. Although I volunteered in Calais for some time, Mohammed and I were actually introduced to each other as singers in London through a mutual friend. One day, me and Mohammed came together in Hyde Park and did some singing back and forth. We joked that we were both only into sad songs. He had this soulful piece he'd written, Etab, and I had my half-written song, Empty Bottle. We found that somehow the feeling and the melodies just seemed to fit, so we merged our ideas together and made something new. Whether it's me and Mohammed jamming in the park, everyday people's group singing, or the devised theatre of Borderline, music and performance are powerful in bringing us together and giving people voice, where words might be too hard or just not right. The special thing about collaborating, particularly in different languages, is that even when you can't understand every word, there's a shared understanding of meaning which can be freely reworked and renegotiated through the music. I feel our lack of direct understanding gave me and Mohammed space to just be as we are, to each have our feelings recognised, whilst respecting we can never know exactly what the other person has been through, and at the same time coming together completely in that moment. If you feel inspired to get involved, why not check out volunteering opportunities with Music Action International and watch out for Everyday People's concerts. You can also head along to a Together workshop, which are on most Sundays, and go to see Borderline in June. This has been Violence to Voice with me, Paige. I wish you all happy and healing musicking.